When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Trashy Divorces, season two. Season two, opener. Season dose, opener. Do, 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 do. Did you miss us, listeners? Like we ever went away. Like we went away. Hey, y'all. How How's you... everybody? We missed you. We're back. We're back week. with big stories. With two big stories, but before we get into our stories, okay. I want to give a right a little little, little, the little business a little bit of business. Many thank yous. Thank you, thank you, thank you. New Patreon yes. peeps, y'all rock. Stacy, Kim. Casey, Nan, Rachel, Lindsay, Laura, Rebecca, Alicia, was a diva. Y'all are awesome. Yep, yep. We're also going to give a big shout out to our friend Erica Kelly over at Southern Fried True Crime Pod. Indeed. Who supports us as well. If you are not listening to Southern Fried True Crime, you probably should be. I, am, is- I am not because I am so tender hearted and I can't. I, I can't do like real true crime. It and, hurts you. Mm-hmm. I, Erica, I know. I love that you. Amazing I know. pod, and it is what and happens. She's a wonderful person too. When like, the trashy divorce goes wrong, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's the next step of trashy divorces. So there are, is one other patron who we are not mentioning. She asked, but us we're not thinking to. of you in. Mm-hmm. Our brain right now, we in our inside your support, voice, and, and we, thanking you, and you know who you we are. are. Not shouting you out because you asked. Everybody's swag is getting mailed Monday, so be on the lookout this week Very for cool. some pretty cool stickers. Speaking of stickers, mm-hmm. we have merch. We do have merch. We have t-shirts. We have onesies for babies, which, let's be Are honest, gorgeous. if your baby is not rocking a trashy divorces onesie this year, what is even the point of having a child? You're doing it wrong. Come on. So the company What a Maneuver. Yay, what uh, a maneuver. Set up a shop for us. They are awesome, and this stuff is looking very good. And, and Sydney Smith has made her more art. phenomenal art for so us. So good. Wonderful. And so the link is bit.ly. It's a short link. bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash trashy merch. So go get yourself some trashy Seriously, merch. Seriously, grab some trashy Woo-hoo! merch. So, we're, we're pretty sure if you cut a hole for your dog's tail, they can your dog can wear the onesie too. Or your pet squirrel. Whatevs. One other thing before we start talking about this week's up. Uh, stay tuned, everyone. My friends, Margot P and Margot D, have invited me. This is so cool. God, it's so cool. It's no pressure at all. No pressure at all. Uh, from my Margaret Mitchell story, Margot D and Margot P have this amazing podcast called Book Versus Movie, and they have yet to cover Gone with the Wind, as they've never really been able to get into the novel and yours truly. We'll be appearing on Book Versus Movie this week to talk about the novel portion with our friends, the Margos. Novel or doorstop? I mean, it's a fair question when you talk about that book. That thing is... This is why they didn't invite you. It is why they didn't invite me. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I've never read it, so... You're going to have to tune in and listen. I'm not saying... I'm keeping my lips zipped and not saying another word about it, but check out Book Versus Movie. Alicia will be representing the South in this conversation. (laughs) I'm going to be representing a great character arc. Okay. Stay tuned for that. So this week. So this week. Ah, Cats in the Cradle. It's uh, Harry Chapin. Harry Chapin. Not Cat any Stevens. of those other people. 
Not Van Morrison, Harry Chapin, Cats in the Cradle. Idea started out. It started out father son divorces. Yeah, yeah. And we were like, oh my God, you know who would be amazingly funny to dunk on for a while? Trump Sr., Trump Jr. Oh my God. Fantastic idea. Then, you know. It went to sadder, deeper places than we anticipated. They're bleaker people than I realized, but boy, are they bleak. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we didn't want to disappoint you. Season two premiere, we're definitely. Going dirty. Oh yeah, for the first one. God, so, I mean, you're gonna need a shower after this, and, and, a and you may want to just pour yourself a drink now. Yeah, this this is cocktail level high. Mm-hmm. Trashy. Oh, trashy. So thanks for coming back. Yeah. Hey, we're happy to be back Season into two, normal production too. Starting off with all the gilded garbage cans. Yeah. Hope y'all enjoy it. Thanks yep. for tuning in. See you on the flip. Alicia, you, you have quite this. I mean, we both do. It's, these are, I mean, loathsome. These are trash bags. We start out strong with some. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. God damn it. All right. Well, let's do some. All right. Fucking family bullshit. In all fairness, I have poured a drink. As I am. And I am trying, I'm just to the eat the frog stage of record this. So let's. Great. Let's go. Eat the frogs. Eat the frog. Let's do do the worst thing first. Eat the like, rich. Just go kinda. Okay. Here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a lot of interludes in this story because it's pretty trashy. So we're gonna start with Oscar the Grouch. Oscar the Grouch is at least lovable. He's the best. He's a curmudgeon. I mean, he's the best of all the trash cans. He's grumpy. He's okay. selfish, but sometimes he makes some sense. He makes some good points. Okay. And his motivations are clear. He lives in a trash can. Right. It is not gilded in gold. There's no glitter on it. There's no myth making. Oscar the Grouch says what he is. There's no mystery about what you're going to get. This week, Hmm. I am bringing you the trashy divorces of Donald John Trump Sr. The title of my story, at least for now, it'll probably change by the end. Grifter's going to grift. Grifter's going to grift. For real. If you don't know there's a con going on, you are the mark and this guy does it. Everybody is his mark. And I'm not going to talk about politics. In fact, I have written this entire narrative without politics involved. I have not sourced any item of news since he assumed office. I went back into old articles, things that were happening at the time. It has been a wild ride. Yeah, this guy has never done anything in private. No fake news. I went to the news of the present day at that time. Sure. And it was a lot of drama. Yeah. Yeah. He just, no, yeah. Oh, Lord. Trash can. I believe that you can get a pretty full measure of a person and what they're all about by how they treat their dearest ones, their family, their friends, their lovers, actions and behaviors. And do those match up to your words? Like how you live in, how people act with their spouses is a completely different thing. It's a sacred thing and not even in a religious way. It's, you know, in the way of forming a partnership, when it goes great, it's great. It's another way to fulfill yourself and the path the universe sets before you. It's a way to learn to be patient and kind and devoted and all that crap. I mean, no one's easy to live with. If you think you're easy to live with, I, I will please let me be the first person to tell you you're not. Not you, just everyone. Although you do live with me and probably that's true. But 
yes you're i know everyone is just a way to everyone is idiosyncratic everyone is yeah i mean that's the thing you hope you find your kind of weirdo and you do your best to evolve yourself and evolve the relationship that you're making into something amazing what i'm saying marriage is a big deal it's not easy becomes much harder when you are devoid of a heart and a soul and are capable of only loving yourself and money. Hmm. This one has all the P's. Power, privilege, perception, and possession. All caps. This man does not love his wives. He possesses his wives. Like he possesses money and property. He demands ultimate loyalty, but he doesn't give it to anyone. Not his family, not his friends, not his wives. He is vindictive and mean and unusually cruel. In I can't wait to hear the story. I mean, this sounds so well, like it's going to go really well. <laughs> that we've covered other high-ranking garbage cans. They have at least had glimpses or moments of humanity where you can see them being not the ultimate trash bag they are to become, but the uh, total of three marriages, two divorces. So far. So far. How many, 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 many extracurricular activities? Uh, Hush buddy payments. Ivana's first. Mm -hmm. You know what? I don't even talk about that. I have stayed completely out of the, I'm in so much other pre-Barbara Walters, People Magazine, Liz Smith columns drama. Sure. Three marriages, two divorces. Ivana's first. 77, 1977 and 1992. Three kids. Don Jr., Ivanka, Eric. Marla Maples, second wife. 93 to 99, one child, Tiffany. He's currently married to his third wife, Melania, with one child, Baron. That's five kids. I think five is a numerology number throughout this that we'll talk about. It does recur, yes. Donald comes from a family himself. Of five children, Mm -hmm. born June 14th, 1946. He's an air sign. He's a Gemini. I don't even care about that on this one because it's bleh. Fourth kid in the family. His dad, Fred, is the son of immigrants and big into construction in New York City. And in the year Donald is born, 1946. And through that time period, Fred is one of the largest receivers of government-funded low-interest loans to start his construction-building empire. This was like GI Bill kind of writers. Correct. This is post-war. Right. We need middle-class housing. I mean, it really. I mean, the honestly, the amount of money that the federal government pumped into middle-class families in the post-war years pumped into the Trump uh, family. Amazing. Well, that too. But I mean, I, like the you know college subsidies, housing subsidies, like all of it. Like a generation went to war, and the country was like, you know what? Thanks. Yeah. Here's here's a lot of money for the rest of your life. That's so at the tender age of three in 1949, mm-hmm. okay. Donald Trump becomes his father, Fred's landlord. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> Fred uh, is giving the land to the kids that the buildings are built on and is paying his children rent for these buildings. It's all a really good way of. This sounds like some sort of paper scheme to hide money. Sure. Okay. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Uh, Donald Trump is a millionaire by the age of nine. Wow. 
Well, by... self-made there. Yeah, super self-made. <laughs> I got $1 million from my dad wow. by the time I was nine. Hmm. By the 1960s, Fred is transferring the paper ownership of his building to his kids and the profits from them. At 17, Donald is an owner of a 52-unit apartment building in New York City. He somehow gets into and out of college, gets a cushy job with dad, who leases him a car and builds him his first offices in Manhattan. Okay. Okay. All right. So, self-made. Super self-made. I'm saying the self-made thing is really sticking out here. So, I'm going to take a little interlude. Some of this is chronological. We're about to get up to meeting of Anna. But in 1973, because this supports my point of how you treat your friends, family, and lovers... In 1973, Donald meets Roy Cohn, who becomes a Trump fixer and friend and teaches Donald three very important lessons. Number one, never settle, never surrender. Number two, counterattack, countersue immediately. Number three, no matter what happens, no matter how deeply into the muck you get, claim victory and never admit defeat. Cool. Sounds like a good guy. This is from author Sam Roberts, uh, who calls Roy a master of situational immorality. I'm a corporate trainer. I can teach situational leadership all day long, but situational immorality? That's a new trashy divorces paradigm there. I mean, evangelicals love this guy, so... Columnist Liz Smith once observed Donald lost his moral compass when he made an alliance with Roy Cohn. So if he ever... If Donald ever had a moral compass... With this meeting, it's done, but remember this guy because he's going to come back. It really doesn't sound, though, like his father was setting him up to have any kind of compass at all except toward money. So let me talk to you about what happens next. Okay. In 1976, Donald Trump takes a reporter from the New York Times out. It's a big Cadillac. New York Times reporter writes he's tall and lean and blonde like Robert Redford. My chubby middle-aged ass Robert Redford (laughs) in his chauffeured silver Cadillac Donald Trump's 30 he estimates he's worth 200 million he is showing him like all of it's bogus he's pointing out his dad's buildings this is mine this is mine this is mine he's appropriating his father's wealth and the lie begins he and his family are persona non grata in social circles in New York like, they've got cash by this point because they're defrauding the government, but they're not welcome socially. I mean, Cone is their lawyer. Oh, who, by the way, Roy never bills them. He just reaches out when he gets cash poor. I'm not going to bill you, but, like, when I need, when you need, I, when I need cash, I'm just going to reach out because I, I need a, I need a little bit in the, a little bit, a little bit of padding. Okay. I don't know what to say. I mean, because Giuliani does not bill, uh, currently does not bill Donald Trump for his legal service. Hey, any attorneys who might be listening to this when the Trump family sues us, would you be willing to give us your services? (laughs) No kidding. Um, Yes, we would love free service. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, we'd love free legal services. It's amazing. amazing. Why do the rich get so much free shit? It's very. All right, so the Trumps are in court for discriminatory housing suits brought by the government, which they actually countersue about, so we learned that rule. Sure. 
Uh, Patreon's going to be lit on this one. Like I've I got, had, yeah, I got a bunch of stuff. That's Fifty gonna... pages of research that I need to pull into a tight forty minutes. So, cutting it short. Donald's trying. He's at all the right clubs. He's promoting his myth. He's hanging out at Studio Fifty Four with Roy Cohn, who he talks to like fifteen to twenty times a day. But oddly enough, he still finds phone time for Papa Fred. They have this weird thing. They talk all the time. They share this view of the world, which is a zero-sum game. Your worth is entirely made up on the money that you have. You are a killer or you're going to be killed, and there's nothing in between. So to your point, between Roy Cohn and Papa Fred, he is not set up for an adulthood of compassion or caring. No moral compass. He's pulling pump-and-dump stock schemes with his dad, He's riding high on the hog. Life is skippy. Perfect time to find a wife. I mean, may as well, right? Ivana, born in C-Z-E-C-H-O-S-L-O-V-A-K-I-A, Czechoslovakia. And the only reason I know how to spell that word is because of Frank's song Mm -hmm. called Martina. I can't even do it. We're old as fuck. Yeah, we're old as hell. But anyway, there's a Frank song, M-A-R-T-I-N-A which is how I know how to spell Czechoslovakia. So I was excited to use that knowledge. Thank you, Frank. Ivana, only child, to Milos and Marie. She is described by childhood friends as being enviably beautiful and hardworking. She really likes to ski. She's good at it. At 21, while studying at university, she's in love with Skier Dude 1, <laughs> who convinces her to marry Skier Dude 2, so she can get an Austrian passport right, and get the fuck out of Czechoslovakia. Skier Dude 2 is uh, yeah, an Austrian ski instructor. Yeah. Right. Skier Dude 1, who she's still in love with, moves to Canada. She stays in Prague to complete her degree, and she's doing some modeling and having some affairs too. So one of her lovers, Poet Dude, dies in a car crash with another woman at his side in 1973. Okay. After Poet Dude's funeral, she decides to boogie on over to Canada to be back with Skier Dude 1. She also divorces Skier Dude 2, who's now remarried and sells real estate in Australia. Or at least did uh, at the time of this article. Austria? Australia. Oh, really? Yeah. The, we, oh, yeah. The cha- okay. In anyway. Sydney. Okay. In Sydney, Australia. Hey, Australia, we really love you. We do not understand your time zones at all. Oh my God, seriously. But we dig you. And hey, uh, I'm eyeing up a special Down Under Trashy Divorces lineup for you. Email me and tell me your favorites. Okay. Ivana meets Donald at a party in Montreal in 1976. Nine months later, April 7th, they're married. Okay. By the 1980s, with Ivana at his side, it is on. He wants to buy it all, own it all. Really starts to rev up his overall myth. He realizes he can cash in on this mercurial game that he plays of the man, the myth, the legend. Things are going pretty good. They have a yuppie lifestyle. He is about to start making some moves in real estate and buy his first hotel. They rent a house every year in the East Hamptons for like seven summers. They love this place because the kids can be normal. They can fish and bike and go to McDonald's because apparently that's considered normal if you're them she picks blackberries and makes jam here's an interesting bit Ivana apparently knows how to cook but stopped making fancy sauces in 1979 because 
McDonald only wants steak and potatoes. Just saying. I mean, that is in keeping with what we know. Of it is. These so days. they a- buy and that. The, and the McDonald's thing. Oh, my God. Hamburgers. They buy that same house in 1984 for $3.7 million as their fortunes rise. They've got three kids. They're all in private schools. They are doing their thing. Mm-hmm. In 1985, they pick up a little piece of real estate in West Palm called Mar-a-Lago. This 118, this is my Clary Belcher uh, interlude because I needed to talk about something fun. Mar-a-Lago. 118-room mansion built in the 1920s by Majorie Merriweather Post, who is the General Foods heiress, who was married to E.F. Hutton. Yes, that E.F. Hutton from 1920 to 1935. Mar-a-Lago means sea to lake. Marjorie Merriweather Post bought 17 acres, cost her $7 million for construction. Viennese architects consulted with Zigfield set designers to create this melange of architectural styles. It is a masterpiece of the 1920s. It is a beautiful, beautiful, amazing property. Okay. It was. 58 bedrooms, 33 baths, required a million dollars in annual upkeep and a staff of 32 in season. Marjorie Merriweather Post lived to her death there and left it to the federal government upon her death in, I think, the early 70s. Okay. The government decided the upkeep was too much and put it on the market for $15 million. The Trumps <clears throat> snacked it up. Don't make that sound. For $10 million. Hired a Palm Beach decorator, wanted to spend several months a year there. I am sourcing this from Dominic Dunn's Fatal Charms. The people at the Bath and Tennis next door said that the Trumps had inside knowledge that gambling is returning to Palm Beach and they want to turn it into a casino. So they were already not trusted then. They moved in, offered Mar-a-Lago to the preservation of Palm Beach for its annual ball, tried to kind of find a way to get in. Sorry, addendum to the story. Never really made it in to the social set there. So he just went ahead and made his own club. Which for $100,000, you could get into pre-election, $200,000 post-election. And honestly, the place has ketchup in bottles. This is where the proper southern lady in me comes out. And I'm a middle-aged clary from Still Magnolias. It, it's in your Weeza, And we've got a lot to look forward to. But I have been to some pretty fancy places and some real dives. But fancy places don't serve any condiment or sauce from its own bottled container. This is why Florida will never be the South. Take a sip. It's my Southern high horse for the day. I'm get, I'm 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 prepping for Marla. Hold on. Well, the parts of Florida that are the South are scary as fuck. So you don't serve ketchup from bottles in a club you pay two hundred thousand dollars a year to belong to. I I mean, you should know better. If you can't tell there's a con going on, you're the fucking mark. Heinz ketchup from bottles. I, I've seen pictures. I, I get it. I'm just saying maybe there are rich people who don't like things. Because <laughs> that's what rich people are known for. Is I mean, their humbleness and not liking possessions. <laughs> I'm sorry. I meant like good things and prefer omelet bars with. A bottle, a plastic bottle of ketchup. So two bits happened in this time. 
that if he had a moral compass may have made an impact or if they did make any kind of impact on the sliver of humanness he had left inside his little Voldemort body, he got the lesson wrong. Two things. Three Trump executives from the Trump organization die in a helicopter crash. He's really upset about that. Roy Cohn passes away from complications of AIDS. Now, give you a little dish here. Roy is in the lavender set, but is both a gay man and homophobic, mm-hmm. which is the weirdest combination to me ever. We know some people like this. Well, and he's very a odd. stalwart in Republican politics, right? He was Correct. a Nixon crony and just a bad person, basically. No, he was kind of um, McCarthy's right-hand man in the McCarthy hearings and the, like, it's all yeah. of it shady, and that's like the worst stuff Patreon that's happened. Yeah, the worst stuff that's happened in America. He was well, and yeah, no, sorry because slavery, but but in more recent. Oh yeah, in no, the post-war he's a era, Patreon episode for days, and I found this like I, I don't. It's it's yeah, all he's shady. in Angels in America. He like yeah, yeah he's uh, he's a weirdly historical figure. It, um, it's weird. It's weird how he. Uh, Got around. But yeah, he's kind of evil. So once, yeah, I'm not making him out to be a hero. That is not the point of I Trump didn't, treats his friends like shit. Yeah, no, I didn't think you were. I'm let just, me, yeah, just, let me preface. Roy Cohn is not, not a good guy. No. But once his diagnosis makes its way around, Trump drops him like a hot potato. Mm-hmm. He funnels his business elsewhere. He, like, flat out drops him. Sure. He's been his friend and fixer for a decade plus, and this to me is an example. Like, Roy Cohn, not a good guy, but here's an example of how you treat your friends. Roy calls Donald and asks him if he could give him a room for his lover who is dying of AIDS. They find a room at the Barbizon Plaza Hotel. Months pass. Roy ends up getting a bill. So I was like, yeah, sure, I can take care of that for you. And then sends a bill to Roy Cohn as he's dying of AIDS. He does not pay. Uh, BFF to the end, Donald presents Roy with a thank you gift for his decade of favors. Cause this guy is fixer capital F gives him a pair of diamond cufflinks. The diamonds turn out to be fake. Oh, wow. 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 I, the dying Roy says Donald pisses ice water. That is his quote about him. Uh, but hold on. Cause he, Papa Don's just warming up. To celebrate Christmas 1987, he decides to give Ivana, his wife of 10 years, a new prenup, which I guess is a post-nup. Yeah, post, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. baby, it's cold outside. Mm. Uh, which of Ivana's signs? Let me just take you back to 1985 when he first meets Marla Maples at a charity tennis match. Wait, 85? Okay, so and then at the end of 87, he gets a new post-nup sign. Oh, fuck. So everything's great. Art of the deal comes out in 87. Everything's great. Enter your Georgia peach from Cohutta, Georgia. It's Mm. near Dalton. Mm. Marla Maples. Suburban Dalton, Georgia, you say. Scorpio water. Marla's kind of a big deal in Cohutta. It's a tiny Georgia town without a stoplight where she grows up. Her father is a small-time subdivider. He's a deacon in the Baptist church. He's also a regionally famous Elvis impersonator. I mean, in the <laughs> South, we are many things. I, we all wear so many hats down here. Well, Marla is just kind of this like woman of contradictions, and I she's my favorite. Okay. 
Her parents divorced when she's a teenager. She's kind of Barbie perfect. Playboy, when she's 16, offers her mom and her a Playboy spread. Dad's like, like uh, together? Yeah. Oh, God. That's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> she's a tomboy. She's athletic. She plays the clarinet. She enters Miss Georgia teen. She wins first runner up. She attends University of Georgia for a few years. Go dogs. Leaves to become a swimsuit model. Stars in a movie, whatever. They meet in 85. They start their affair in 87, but okay. So getting involved with Donald Trump, she calls him at the time a genius, adorable with a little boy quality. I mean, he knows when he's being too cute and he laughs at himself about it. It's puppy love. She's staying on his yacht nearby, wherever he is. Like, it's all shady. She has a code name with Rona Graf, who's still around, Mr. Kaplan. And everyone in the inner circle knows about it, except for... Ivana. Who finds out about it on winter holiday 1990. In Aspen. Yeah. So there are lots of reports on this. Yeah, this Uh, is a super famous thing. I mean, if you were alive during this time... You heard about it because these people have always been obnoxious assholes. We're going to have an amazing dramatic reenactment uh, on Patreon playing the roles of Ivana Trump and Barbara Walters. Baba Wawa. (laughs) But for the sake of time, we're going to go ahead and just sum it up now. Okay, thanks. The Aspen Sojourner. I've found Uh, about nine accounts of this. Say what? The Aspen Sojourner. Okay. Like newspaper. Correct. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and read their version. When Ivana Trump and Marlo Maples encountered each other on Aspen Mountain during the Christmas holidays of 1990, the story went around the world in at least three or four different versions, one of which made the front page of the next day's New York Post. What is known for sure is that both women were in Aspen, with the Donald, at the same time. Only one of them, Ivana, was married to him. The rest of the details varied considerably. Some claim Ivana approached Marla in Bonnie's restaurant and demanded, You bitch, leave my husband alone. Others say the confrontation occurred on the ski slope at the bottom of Little Nell, where they threw snowballs and hissed at each other. Ivana has said, She came to me on the mountain, and she told me she was in love with my husband and they were having an affair. It was extremely painful. Still, others insist that the real source of the contrepont Contremont? No. Contretemps was that both were wearing identical expensive ski suits, possibly purchased by Trump for each of them. Oh my God. Oh. Whatever really happened, the result was divorce court. Mm -hmm. Okay, hold on, hold on. This is better. In an effort to balance out two sides to every story, this is what Donald had to say. Mm. You ready? Oh, I. No. We were actually standing near the restaurant, getting ready to put skis on, and I was standing there like an idiot, and Marla and Ivana were there. Trump would later tell a reporter uh, in Trump Nation the art of being the Donald. And there wasn't shouting, but you could obviously see there was some friction, and a man who was standing right next to me, who weighed about 350 pounds and wasn't a very attractive guy, said to me, could be worse, Donald. I've been in Aspen for 20 years and I've never had a date. I'll never forget the statement, and it sort of lightened it up a little bit for me. Process that. I I mean, I... <laughs> I can't. 
So I found a bigger, fatter loser. Well, and the thing, like, wife, what? Like, I'm I'm entirely certain that he invented that entire exchange. Oh my god! I've been here for twenty years and I've never had a date. I felt better about it. He's really got a thing. There was a bigger loser next to me, and my life was falling apart. Got a. All right, all right. So he's been inventing. He's been inventing the man, the myth, the legend, imaginary people for decades now. Okay. So the Trumps bow out of their Revlon unforgettable couple ad when the separation is announced. Like this is 1990-91. I missed all of this. I was studying for AP exams and sure. digging Indigo Girls and The Cure. I needed a prom dress. No, right? I remember like because it, it was on the news. I mean, you it, it couldn't you couldn't avoid hearing about because Donald Trump has been trashy his That's entire it. life. So February 11th is the first Liz Smith column which had the scoop of the Trump's breakup. The Diane Sawyer interview is April 19th, where Marla finally emerges from hiding in a red wig with a false name. Now, keep in mind, the previous three and a half weeks, she's been in Guatemala with Peace Corps volunteers because she's a woman of dichotomy. Secrets out, divorce of the centuries on. I have big hair. Uh, 1990. Trump, also with his big hair, decides to make an aggressive play headed to divorce court to obtain his father's wealth. Like a cat, he's a big helper and consults attorneys to revise his father's will. And no one is more surprised than his 84-year-old father, Papa Fred, when he answers the door and there are new attorneys with a new will wanting him to sign them, which... Was Donald about out of money? Is that why this was happening? Yeah. Okay. Uh, believe it or not, would give Donald control over his estate. Weird. Yeah, he's like, this is my son who's in a lot of trouble financially, trying to gain control over the empire I built. Shuts it down. Calls in his daughter Marion, federal judge, who, by the way, eased her into that federal judgeship with the help of Roy Cohn. She has said, there's no question Donald helped me get on the bench. I was good, but not that good. Like, there were some favors called in. She crafts a new will. It equals out control between the siblings and protects Papa Fred's empire from his idiot son's business decisions. Fred's getting old, but the family realizes, like, he has a fortune. He's mm-hmm. got about a billion dollars. If he kills over tomorrow, 55% of that goes to the government and the state tax. So the family starts making different moves, which involve uh, fraud. a lot of layer of fraud cake. A lot yeah, of fraud. A lot, a lot of fraud. Lots of fraud. Um, they create this company called All County. Mm-hmm. Yes, the, there was a great daily about this. New York Times I was sourced all over it in mm-hmm. my notes. Uh, where because they're in construction, they buy supplies. So Fred Trump will buy an air conditioner for a hundred dollars, and All County will resell it for two hundred. So it's really just a money laundering scheme where they're reselling the equipment to themselves at a markup. Uh, invoice padding. Right. It's des- yeah, it's designed to, on paper, they lose the money, but in practice, they control the entity that is That's sucking up all the money. Exactly right. Right. So they spend the 90s essentially turning millions in profit to the Trump children. So that's happening in the background. I just right. want to keep that in your brain. Ivana right. wants $25 million and she, well, she wants half of his $5 billion, but <laughs> he doesn't have $5 of billion. Of course, he doesn't have $5 billion. So, she wants $25 million. She puts up a fight for a while to get it. She contends that that 1987 post-nup was not in good faith as Donald was really? already cheating. Bad faith from Donald Trump. Yeah. 
Uh, she does want half of the five billion, but he's a myth maker. He doesn't even have five million. He borrows somewhere in this time from fifteen to twenty-five million from Papa Fred. <laughs> Ivana, don't get mad, darling. Get everything. Ends up with fourteen million, a forty-five room Greenwich, Connecticut mansion, an apartment at the Trump Plaza, and the use of Marlago for one month of the year. Donald is also to pay about $650,000 annually to support the three kids. Okay. Now he's divorced. And Marla seems to be this woman of just delightful contradictions. Like she's a devout Southern Baptist, but she's kind of a hippie. She's a Georgia peach, but she can play in high society. She's she's earnest and like she just is a... Like, I think she's very genuine. I mean, to her credit, like, so the the saying, you know, elect a clown, get a circus, you sure. know, of the circus, she, no, she she has, she's not, like she has not, and, and her daughter has not participated in like, the circus. Yeah, it's going to come back around, but like she really is puppy love and she is a performer, right? She's willing to drop everything to be the traditional wife and mother that Donald says he wants and okay, a quote by her. I was very young and very trusting. I was swept away by him. I really believed everything he told me. Oh, big mistake. <laughs> well, that's the thing. He's a possessor. And I, I think it takes her, but when a possessor's attention is on you, it is some powerful, heady stuff. Marla's there until she wasn't. So they go through this. The couple would break up and reconcile. They're pulling an Anne Boleyn and Henry. Like, it's Catherine of Aragon, Henry VIII, and Anne Boleyn. Marla Maples is Anne Boleyn. They fight. They get back together. They fight. They get back together. He gets her a diamond ring, but the next week he leaks that he's dating Carla Bruni, soon to be the future First Lady of France. Oh, right, She right, right, reads right. in the paper she's been replaced. Uh, I'm in shock. There's no trust in the world. Doesn't he... Make up a lot of these relationships for yeah. the media. Yeah, like I deceived. She's got her rose colored glasses on. Right. So Marla is back and forth. She hit, takes to packing a wedding dress when she travels. You have to be prepared. Ick. Uh, in 1993, after years of public bickering, Marla ups the pressure on Donald. I actually looked at a conception calendar. It seems legit. The long term mistress becomes the wife. She signs her prenup five days before they marry. They're happy-ish, I think, until her rose-colored glasses get smashed. She grows up a little bit and realizes exactly what's happening. He's a piece of shit. Now, Marla gets fucked. She gets screwed in this divorce. Ivana got many more millions. Marla gets two. His empire is crashed and burned. He's working up some new ways to hustle some cash. But again, Mythmaker, he says he's five billion. No, he doesn't have it to give. So new ways to hustle up cash. By 1999, Fred dies. Mm, yeah. In the billion yeah. dollar fortune that he had in 1990, the family has managed to whittle away into assets of his name, two million. Oh my God. Two million. From a billion to two million in nine years, they made that cash that disappear. an amazing amount of fraud. His biggest outstanding loan upon his death is to his son, Donald, back from the divorce with Ivana. So, f I'm sorry, Donald's father paid 
to make 15 his to 25 ex-wife million. go away. Well, he paid Donald 15 to 25 million because Donald was didn't pulling in 375K from the trust. He didn't have it. And he's burning three millions a month. So, yeah, daddy bailed him out of that. Daddy ends up bailing his billion dollar fortune into two million when he dies. Marla tells the Daily News in 1997, I worry about his future. How complete can you be from watching another building go up? I feel good when I do a movie. I like my work. But is that my true happiness? I think he's missing a whole new level. But apparently, the emptiest, darkest place to be is his soul. In 1999, Fred dies. Now, the brilliant and in all ways, again, fraud cake part of the real scheme kicks in. So the $400 million real estate empire, they get appraisers to come in and like the building's worth 40 million. They call it worth 4 million. Right. So the 400 million real estate empire now is valued on paper at 40 million. Jesus. Which they end up selling a decade later. It's not selling, but they, it's end up valued a decade later at over 1 billion. Right. Right. Okay. Donald flirts with his first run in 2000 under the Reform Party candidate title. Marla reportedly told the Telegraph she would not be silent. I will feel it is my duty to tell the American people what he's really like. But I can't imagine that they would really elect him, would they? His drug is attention. <laughs> yeah. He's so ego-driven. Yeah. Donald fired back on Fox News. I think that it's in the best interest of Tiffany if she doesn't talk. Why am I paying money to someone that's violated an agreement? Ooh, so he's got NDAs for his children and ex-wives. Oh, my God. So Donald asked the same question to a judge, saying he shouldn't have to pay Marla her alimony because of this. The judge disagreed. Marla calls her former marriage the emptiest, darkest place to be. She gets it. I think... uh, I don't mean to laugh, but... Yeah, no, I think her adult enlightenment was a tough one, but she gets it. She chose not to be possessed. So did she file for divorce from him or did, like, how did she filed? Okay. She, like, the cops picked her up at 4 a.m. with her bodyguard. Like, she had had enough. I, like, it, it's all bad, but okay. she got screwed and then the divorce and. I, uh, can I just say that walking away from a crappy marriage of, Several years with $2 million doesn't seem like the worst thing in the world. No, well, and there's an undisclosed amount for how much he pays in support for Tiffany as well. Mm-hmm. But she moved to... And, like, she's at Georgetown or something right now, right? Like, she, Tiffany's she gone on to... She has moved back to New York. Tiffany went to Penn State like her dad, Kappa Alpha Theta. I've really gone down a lot of rabbit But, yeah, she went to... This. She started law school around the time he took office. And, again, I mean, she's... It's not that, I mean, she pops up. You, you see her at events sometimes, but she's not, again, she's not part of the circus. No, she moved from New York. Once the divorce was done, she moved to Calabasas, California, like future home of the Kardashians, and really just concentrated on Tiffany, mm-hmm. uh, did her own thing. There was like an exercise video, and like sure. she's had some stints along the way, but she, like even when she did the ad for No Excuses Jeans, she donated whatever part of the money that she got for that to charity. Like she is a different sort of soul. I, I'm I'm so done with this story. Like Donald marries a third time. <laughs> yes, he does. The current first lady Melania doesn't really seem I, to want it. Seem to want it. Ivana 
writes books and still skis and has lots of younger lovers and other, I don't know. And she loves to talk about how she talks to Donald and how she's the real first lady. Marla Maples is the first lady we probably all needed. I mean, she's just got back from a world tour on spirituality and how to promote everyone <laughs> loving one another. Okay. She is weird in this she quirky Southern way. Really and took, I, she took some important things away from this experience. I and, love her. I think she says as much as she can get away with right. keeping it relentlessly positive and very inclusive, but her undertone, she has some digs. Also, my favorite part of Ivana interviews are she flips the American phrase. So the deal in the wheel, not the wheel in the deal. Like she's so funny about that. It's uh, I'm so ready to get out of this rabbit hole. Okay. <laughs> like seriously, he treats everybody crappy. I've never heard of a 72 year old man with 10 grandchildren that doesn't incessantly brag about them. It's weird to me. He treats his wives like crap and his family like crap and his friends like crap. And he's a possessor and he's a user and he's soulless. And I give him five trash cans. I'm I'm done with this guy. Yeah. I mean, we're going to take a break in a minute. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about this trash bag's son who learned all the wrong things from his father. Loathsome. I need a shower and a drink. It's. T- yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Let's take a break. OK, I'm so glad that's done. Mm. Hey, Trash Pandas, when you need a brain break from your day, let me recommend the game June's Journey for Android and iPhone. It's a hidden object mystery game where you are solving a murder, uncovering family secrets, and, I don't know, exposing official corruption? All in an extremely stylish 1920s setting. Every scene takes you deeper into the mystery and introduces you to an expansive cast of characters as June Parker explores the questions surrounding her sister's apparent murder-suicide at the family's beachfront estate. Add your own elements to the island, from lush gardens to gorgeous new buildings. This story has so many twists and turns. Right now, we are on a global journey attempting to rescue June's niece, Virginia. It's a great combo of gameplay. It's a memory puzzle, a design project an intriguing storyline with genuinely fabulous art. When you want to let your mind wander, relax into this glorious 1920s murder mystery and get lost in the fun. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm-hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, 
That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. That's in the cradle in the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man in the moon. Like, we probably have to cut that. Home, Dad, I don't know when. I'm too busy with my mistress. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> does it get better? It does not. Tell me how it gets better. You Stacey. know what? Okay. I will tell Talk you how it me. gets better. Okay. <laughs> this story will be over in 40 minutes. <laughs> um, it gets better because uh, I don't think that Donald Trump Jr. has the same lack of soul or any. Like, mm. he's done plenty of fucked up shit, but. Sure. Basically, I think Donald Trump Jr. is, like, really not like his dad. Okay, good. In some key ways. Perfect. Tell me. But he is so trapped in that. We're calling this, like, father, like son. All right. This is about Donald Trump Jr. Uh, I want to be like The eldest son of Donald Trump, as far as we know. Uh, We looked at the conception calendar (laughs) for him, too. April 7th is when... Donald and Ivana got married. He's born on, he's a New Year's Eve baby, right? Donald Trump Jr. was born on December 31st, 1977. Okay. He's a um, So approximately <laughs> nine months yeah, le- legit. to the second. No, I think they conceived on their honeymoon. Yeah, that's very possible. Uh, according to Ivana's memoir, Raising Trump, Papa Trump, Donald Trump, Ju- uh, John- Donald Trump Sr. never wanted to have a child named after him. Oh, and because really? So like Ivana brings this up and is like, Hey, you know, if this is a son, this clearly needs to be Donald, Donald Trump Jr. Jr. Yeah. And Donald goes, you can't do that. What if he's a loser? <gasps> of his New Year's Eve birth date. You've got big ambitions for your kids, dude. Of his New Year's Eve birth date, Donald Jr. told Forbes, I like to joke that my dad wanted to be able to claim me as a dependent on his taxes for 77. So he told my mom she had to have me before midnight. The labor was induced. Was it really? That is according to Ivana. Okay, so, so you know a line from Cats in the Cradles came to the world in the usual way, which is not nothing. not at all true. <laughs> um, and so, you know, Donald Sr., as I think you have clearly explained, went way out of his way to raise emotionally healthy and, you know, inter- internally children. secure yeah, children. Yeah, yeah. So one game he liked to play with the kids was that he would he would just tell them, like, do not trust anyone. And then he'd come back and he'd be like, do you trust me, your own father, your dear old dad? And, of course, the kids would all be like, of course we do, daddy. And he'd yell at them. What's wrong with you? You should never trust me. I told you not to trust anyone. Like, <gasps> What kind of... Yeah. Kind of monster. Yeah. So, good news. <laughs> there, there really... There is some. There is really good news. Uh, Sock when, it to me. When he was little, Don Jr. spent his summers with his grandfather, Milos, Ivana's father, outside of Prague, in the great outdoors, camping, hiking, fishing. When they weren't at the house in the Hamptons. I think, yeah, I think she got, I think she got Don Jr. out of there. Oh, good for her. Like, I don't think Don Jr. was summering with them in the Hamptons. I think he was in Czechoslovakia. Okay. Don Jr., as an adult even, is apparently fluent in Czech. Really? Yeah. He learned the language from his grandfather. and Huh. I know. I learned some things that made me... It was Czechoslovakian roots. Yeah. That okay. made me... Yeah. And it was a communist country at the time. Like, yeah. I... Super big. As I was reading this... <laughs> Super communist. 
Yeah. But like, <laughs> as I was researching this story, I was like, my God, like as a Republican political figure, this guy could be so much more compelling if he would look as a kid. I spent a lot of time in the Eastern Bloc and like I have like, you know, you guys are talking about socialism. I can tell you what socialism, it's not the way. Interesting. It, it, right. I think it could be much it's more compelling. Spice. Hey, so one thing I didn't talk about, uh, apparently Papa Don offered the ambassadorship of C-Z-E-C-H-L-S-L-O-V-A-K-I-A yeah. to Ivana, who turned it down, who the Czechoslovakian minister was really mad about it. Like, what? You don't love your homeland? She's like, no, I'd have to give up skiing. And summer's in the like no she, yeah she lives in florida she a lot of the time I yeah know, like, I know. she had no in- interest in that position apparently well there but may there may be some other reasons Czechoslovakian homeland why she might not oh, want to go back tell me more uh it turns out that pop her her dad milos uh-huh. um was uh was also an informant to the communist what? era czech security forces and basically spied on his daughter for da-da, them da-da, and, and donald seriously? trump seriously mm-hmm. yep as soon as she became someone in America, uh, the security forces were like, "Okay, I know I didn't talk about politics in my story, but Jesus Christ, yeah, how can you not see that this entire family is set up as potential pawns?" Sure. I'm not saying anything has happened. Well, and let me but also there's a lot of really weird international oh, sure. connections, but in kind of an exculpatory way, not the not the Czech spying, but this Eastern European tie for Don Jr. his whole life sort of made me think like, oh, okay, well, I guess if Russians, like, I guess if you're getting contacted by international figures with, it's with no big dirt, deal. like, that's not terribly unusual for yeah. you. I mean, but think about it. Your mom has this international background. She's right. Czechoslovakian, but she's married to be an Austrian citizen. She's lived in, as Oprah Winfrey would say from her first job, Canada. Canada. Like, all these people are very, inter- like, yeah, the rarefied money set yeah. is an a, a rarefied international world with lots of different passports, pa- passports, <laughs> super, and privileges that you know I'd never thought about it that way. Yeah, That's an I, interesting point. I yeah, even before he got into the family business, right? Like he was, was an already kind of international, international person. Yeah, man of mystery. <laughs> <sighs> That's Felix Sater. Um, okay. <laughs> So I'm guessing these trips with grandpa were like a, a genuine blessing for, you know, very young Don Jr. Allowing him to bond with probably a healthy adult male. Sure. Apparently grandpa would be like, okay, kiddo, there's the woods. I'll see you at dark and just let him go do his thing, run and play. There were probably other kids in the air, you know, like he's Robert Scherbatsky's dad. Yes. He's Victor from <laughs> Young and the Restless. Yes, he drops him out I'll see you in three days, kid. (laughs) Yeah. Um, However, um, and I capitalized real life events. Um, Real life events were about to intrude on the gilded and highly privileged life of Donald Trump Jr. and his dumb fuck, totally out of touch parents. What did they do? Not going to help him. So when he was 12, his grandfather died. That was, um, you know, Ivana's father died. Okay. So that sort of closed off. No, it's like, tough. He had this yeah. place. Yeah, it might. Yeah, I think it must have. It must have been. Uh, so the family flies to Czechoslovakia for the funeral. The following month, they go to Aspen on vacation for, for winter, winter break. Nineteen ninety. Oh no. Uh, this, oh no. 
Like no oh. no joke. In November, they're in Czechoslovakia for Ivana's father's funeral. First in December, oh, they're in Aspen vacationing with Marla fucking Maples. <laughs> Not joking. Worse. Oh no. Um, the confrontation between uh, Marla and Ivana. Uh, and Depending on one of the six versions of how you heard it happen. The way Ivana tells it, Don was there and saw the whole thing. <gasps> Don Jr. What? And that it happened the day before his 13th birthday. No. So. December 30th. <sighs> what a... So... There was this 350-pound loser <laughs> next to me who's never had a date, and I felt Name was Don better. Jr. I, like, Your I don't priorities know. may be misaligned, You think? Dude. You think? Okay, so... Don Jr. was intensely furious at his father for breaking up their family. You think? Could only have been made worse. Everything is awful. So during the like public feud portion of the divorce, which yeah. was a public feud in itself. Okay, so like Ivana and the kids are living upstairs in Trump Tower. Exactly. His offices are down on 28 or whatever. He sends his bodyguards up to the apartment to grab Don Jr. and drag him down to the office. And Don is Don Jr. is not talking to his father at this point. He is so angry. Yeah. yeah. So, silent kid gets dragged in. Dad calls mom, probably on a speakerphone. From what I've gathered, that's his favorite way to communicate. Dad calls mom and says, I'm keeping Don Jr. I'm going to raise him by myself. What? And Ivana goes, cool. I have other kids to raise. Have fun. And hangs up on him. <laughs> this was not the. This was not what Donald Trump Senior was expecting to hear. And a few minutes later, he's like, "What the fuck what have I done?" And he tells his bodyguard to kid take the kid go. back up. Like that's the kind of dad this guy the was. The man, the myth, the legend. Uh, that is not even the end of the trauma, though. Oh I mean, my God. for real. So not long after his grandfather died, Don Junior comes upon. Uh, one of the children's nannies unconscious in his mother's house. So, what? Yeah, he's like 13, 14. He calls an ambulance, but the nanny had also suffered a heart attack and died at the hospital. Like, really fucking weird shit. This kid has had some trauma. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then there's then there's just his parents are assholes, complete assholes. So when he's 15, he asks a girl out, right? Like, he Aww. works up his courage and he... You That's know. tough at 15, no matter what your last name is. True story. Yeah. And you know what's tougher? When your mom calls page six and is like, my 15-year-old boy has a date and I have made sure he has lots of condoms. No. So it was all over the tabloids. It was like, just fucking. Ugh. So, like, uh, his childhood was just, uh, just, just not good. Uh, by the time Don Jr. gets to the University of Pennsylvania, which just is like a Trump college diploma laundry, I guess. I, I don't is it know. University of Pennsylvania or Penn State? That was Penn State. Hmm. Anyway, whatever the, yeah, the Wharton School, whatever. At it, I don't know. Wherever it is. Somewhere in Pennsylvania. There's a state called Pennsylvania, <laughs> and there are some colleges there, and all of the Trumps go to one of them. So by the time he gets to college and he goes to dad's alma mater, the stories of Donald Trump Jr.'s drinking during college are pretty legendary. Emily Jane Fox, writer for Vanity Fair, says that he earned the nickname Diaper Don by getting wasted, passing out, and pissing the bed. No, that's a lot of... Okay, now... I'm sorry. Damn it. You weren't supposed to turn this into an empathy podcast. 
But that is a significant amount of childhood drama. Oh, yeah. Yeah, trauma. Yeah. as an 18-year-old, without some kind of intervention of therapy and some good adults, you are not equipped to handle in an entirely new universe of oh, yeah. university education. Yeah. Oh, that's... Oh, I feel... I feel I feel bad. No, I I did too. Like I was like, oh my god! Like this is a person that I do not particularly like, and I I was suddenly like, ah, I'm seeing where a lot of this damage comes from. Okay, so uh, his family, of course, disputes the diaper Don thing. There is a story that he refused to go and see a speech his dad gave at the school because he was still mad about the divorce. Well, sure. His family disputes this. Mm -hmm. There is a story that he once taunted Florida State students following a basketball loss to Florida State with the chant, that's all right, that's okay, you're going to work for us someday. State school kids, am I right? Uh, his family denies thing, kill, that this happened. Kill or be killed. You're, yeah. You know, I don't want my son to be a loser. Yeah, during the 2016 election, like prior to the election, one of his former classmates wrote an account uh, of a time when Donald Trump Sr. came to pick Jr. up to go to a baseball game, knocks on the dorm room door, uh, and then uh, Scott Melker wrote this. So, quote, Don Jr. opened the door wearing a Yankee jersey, you know, going to a baseball game. Without saying a word, his father slapped him across the face, knocking him to the floor in front of all his classmates. He said, put on a suit and meet me outside and close the door. Suit up. The Trump family denies this. Wow. Unsurprisingly, it seems like Don Jr. was not eager to go to work for daddy uh, and was sort of struggling to avoid what I think was even then just his inevitable fate when he graduated from college in 2000. He headed to Aspen for like a year and a half, uh, which is... Odd choice of venues, given, you know, mom. Yeah, you always return to your trauma. But he, like, tended bar, hunted, fished, the stuff he liked to do. You know, the stuff his grandfather taught him how to do. Like, good stuff. Uh, and then, oh, one. I don't know if this is, like, I'm wondering if 9-11 may have factored into this. Okay. But for whatever reason, in 2001, he just gives up on being whoever he wants to be. And returns to New York and starts putting on suits and goes to work for dad. Mm -hmm. So, you know, certainly seems like he might be trying to, uh, uh, yeah, to emulate his dad in as many ways as possible. Consider, in 2006, he launched... Hold on, 2001, so 77, 87, 90, 70, he's 26. It's that mid-20s, you gotta get your shit together thing. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Okay. He's back Um, in New York. He's back in New York. In 2006, he launches Trump Mortgage. It was dead within a year. Uh, the same year, he got kicked off his condo board after 80 grand went missing from the account for miscellaneous office expenses. In 2003, he met his future wife, Vanessa. So uh, in two, also in 2006, um, she was interviewed by the New York Times and talked about how they met. How did they meet, young okay, lovers? So Vanessa was a model. Sure. Vanessa has like a weird background. Like, we're going to Patreon the shit out of this. There are so... there. The side stories related to all of this are impossible. Uh, okay, so Vanessa was a model, and she's at a fashion show. Sure, like you do. And out of nowhere, Donald Trump Sr. walks up to her and is basically, for How I Met Your Mother fans, just like, have you met Ted? With his son. He's no. like, 
hey, I'm Donald Trump. I'd really like for you to meet my son, Donald Trump Jr. And okay, so like they make awkward <sighs> chit chat for a few minutes. And then I think, Not cool. right. I mean, Jesus. No. Okay, so Donald Trump Sr. is a very assertive person and whatever. Like that's weird, but life goes on. Except, oh my God, later at the same fashion show, he does the exact same thing. He walks up to her again and is like, hey, I don't know if you've met my son, what? Donald Trump Jr. She's like, dude, I just talked to him like five minutes ago. Like, We're done what with is this. We've wrong this. with you? Yeah. So. Oh, my God. Uh, not not looking at her face. <laughs> not looking at her face. Okay. So as um, luck would have it, uh, some weeks later, Vanessa and Don Jr. are at the same party and run into each other. And they don't, neither of them remembers the fashion show It's a little thing. easier without dad. No kidding. <laughs> um, so yeah, they start talking and hit it off. And then she's like, holy shit, you're that guy. You're Ted. Yeah. You're, and so yeah, she was like, aren't you that guy from the fashion show with the idiot father? Except she used the R word and, you know, it is our hope that she's a little more woke today than she was then. Anyway, so auspicious beginning to that. They married in 05 though. Uh, they proceeded to have five children. Wow. Very important thing for, for Trumpies. Magic number. As an aside, her prior long... Sorry, Vanessa Trump's relationship prior to Donald sure, Trump Jr. Sure, sure. She had a few. Apparently she dated Leo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio? I think so. I'll huh. double check that. But yeah, she like... But she also was in a three-year-long relationship with a Saudi prince. Oh, wow. They lived together. Apparently, they planned to get married. And then really? um, 9-11 happened, and he had to flee the country because apparently his family had Bush some ties. Family gave everybody a heads up. Well, his his family had yeah. some ties to the hijackers. Oh, good. Fantastic. Her high school sweetheart is a violent gang member who's now imprisoned at Rikers Island. What? Yeah, she was like thug life of the <laughs> Only the best people. Patreon. Well, and apparently when... When Senior was doing his due diligence, he turned up like she dated this Latin oh, king. Oh, of course he does due diligence on whoever his son mm-hmm. thinks. Oh, oh, okay. So he, so he calls her into his office and like confronts her about this. And she just flatly denies that it ever happened. And I guess... He loved that about her? Must. He must. The so, woman, the myth, the legend. Um. Anyway, so like Vanessa had had some small roles on TV and, and film and... Her stepfather is a rich lawyer, so like there was some family money and stuff. So okay. she was just sort of in that orbit of people who don't really work. I, I, I don't know what people do at that level. Uh, the following year, oh, sorry. So in 04, she had some kind of role on The Apprentice, but like her, her acting resume looks pretty padded, if you ask me. So I don't know how, how significant it was. Sure. The next year, Don Jr. took his recurring role on the show, where he would oh, sit in the boardroom with his dad and whatever. Do you know how many minutes of my life I've wasted on The Apprentice? How many? Zero. Yeah. I, yes, Zed. I have a note here that I, yeah. I saw one episode of The Apprentice back like in its first season or something and Zero. never watched it again. So I, The Apprentice did something important for Don Jr. What did it do? It introduced him to his future mistress. Singer and reality television per- oh, no. person. I don't. I don't know. I don't know who this person is. Uh, her name is Aubrey O'Day. She uh, has been a longtime friend, apparently, of 
Omarosa, someone else who I wish I just didn't know who this person was. Uh, why do we live in a world where Omarosa is someone we've all heard of? In 08, Omarosa says that she saw senior, like junior and senior are talking and Carol Alt, the model and I don't know. Uh, yeah. Okay. Is with them. I know who that is. Okay. So Senior is explaining... You're so cute that you're an alien. <laughs> senior is explaining to Junior, I guess, because Junior is married now, has three children. Sure. And his dad is, like, pointing to Carol Alt, who is, like, right there, um, and is like, Don Junior, you've got to get ass like that. You've got to get some ass like that. And, like, right. Carol, like, I, again, this is Omarosa in her book, oh. like... Carol just sat there, Ivanka-like, and took it. Okay, so Aubrey O'Day. Like, who is this person, and what the fuck even is this about? Okay, so according to her Wikipedia page, she was an MTV reality star in 04. Got to be in a girl group that Diddy put together called Danity Kane. Never heard of him until, you know, this. (laughs) So Danity Kane had a number one album in 06. They opened for Christina Aguilera. By 09, they were broken up. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know what... I don't know. Uh, so, basically, this person, Aubrey O'Day, has since then just kind of hustled in the entertainment industry... Sure, like you do. ...to have a career, like you do. Like, not criticizing in particular, except Don Jr. is apparently her type. So, she has acted. She's released solo music. She had a reality TV show called All About Aubrey. I'm sure that was thrilling. <laughs> And in 2011, she was taping, like, she was on the, she she was in the 2012 episode of Celebrity Apprentice. Okay. uh, But taping in. Was she a contestant? Yeah. Oh, okay, great. She came in third, I think. Perfect. Um, And uh, anyway, she meets Don Jr. And Don Jr., apparently, at the time, see, his wife had just had baby three. Yeah. Page six says it was Junior who pursued Aubrey O'Day, oh. telling her, you know, he no longer loved his wife. Oh, she, okay, she's pregnant with their third child at the time. Oh. And that the marriage was basically over. And they had a fling for, you know, several months from late uh, 2011 until March 2012. Wow. So according to uh, Omarosa... Long enough to realize you're cheating. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Aubrey was convinced that Don Jr. was going to leave Vanessa, as mistresses often are convinced. Amorosa and Aubrey met for lunch in Los Angeles at one point, and I guess Amorosa didn't actually believe that the affair was happening until uh, Aubrey showed her some very personal photos, quote unquote, that Trump oh, Jr. had sent her. No. And a long chain of dirty texts between them. And Omarosa said, if she hadn't shown me those photos and texts, I would not have believed it. Oh, my God. Us Weekly ran a piece, much more recently, sure. that claimed that Don Jr. had told Aubrey he wanted to have a baby with her. During, again, this, like, five, six-month fling, like, not a long, not a long thing. The, what year is this? How old is he? he? It's 2011 and 2012. He's he's 41 now. Okay, no, he's mid-30s. He's, okay. So the only thing that the- He's hitting it early. The affair ended when Don Jr. was in the shower and left his phone on the bedside table and Aubrey starts sexting and Vanessa's there and sees the incoming messages. So that's gross. 
Vanessa apparently called Aubrey at some point and with her five-year-old daughter on the phone. There was also apparently a lot of family pressure put on Don Jr. to like just nip this in the bud. And so Don Jr. did break things off. And you want to know kind of how that, how that went? I, I totally want to know. He is reported to have told Aubrey that his dad didn't think it was a good look to leave his wife for another woman. You know what's ironic about this? Oh, where do we begin? Is that all of Trump's PR people back in the 90s when he was starting to flaunt Marla are like, dude, this is the worst idea ever. You're going through a divorce. Don't do this. Trump was like, fine, I got this. I got this. Overruled them all. So it is slightly ironic to me that Papa Don is telling Baby Don how to avoid a mistake that he has in fact made. Jesus. Anyway, he was on the prowl. At the, he was flirting with people on Twitter. He was... Yeah, we're... Um, we had to cut some disgusting shit that Donald Trump said, that Donald Trump Jr. said. Let's get back to uh, Aubrey O'Day. Done. Okay. Uh, she seems to not have taken the breakup very well. Oh. In 2012, you know, a few months later, she releases a song that included the lines, You said that was the reason for your pain, but you were scared to ruin your family's name. Your wife's the only one glad we are over. In 2013... She released an album called Between Two Evils, and the first song is called DJT, his initials. It's about a guy who left her to go back to his life. (laughs) Uh, Another trashy Trump world tidbit. In 2013, Us Weekly got this story, and they were going to run, they were going to expose the affair. Sure. Which, you know, had been over for a long time at that point. Uh, Michael Cohen... The, you know, dude who's going to prison now who, like, has this long history of, like, calling and threatening journalists and outlets and whatever. Anyone who might threaten the the Trump brand. So, you know, Us Weekly calls the Trump Organization for comment on their story about Don Jr.'s affair with this person, this reality Match. TV person. Okay. Michael Cohen calls back to respond. And a staffer told the Wall Street Journal... We were all on speakerphone and huddled around the phone. He was just one of these New York characters where he was just like swearing at us and totally over the top threatening. Anyway, so they they opted not to run. Like it was just too much trouble to deal with at the time. So they didn't. We're nearing the end of this trash pile of a story. It turns out that uh, Vanessa Trump's, you know, prominent stepfather, the lawyer. Sure. Made a very smart investment in a marinara sauce company back in the early 90s oh, great. and in Good 2017 this thing everybody loves pasta yeah they had like a 30 percent stake oh, nice. and this thing was sold to like some big holding company i think for like 415 million dollars so vanessa trump was suddenly very 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 and rich in her own right sunny boy's money anymore filed for divorce Good for her. Good for her. So yeah, page six is Emily Smith says it was this windfall that made her feel secure enough to file for divorce in March of 2018. Good for her. After, I think this is true of, after 12 years of marriage, and I think that was Ivana. Uh, Ivana and Donald, yeah. Yeah. 12 years. Yeah. Numerous stories came out about the things that were wrong with Don Jr. when the divorce was announced. Oh. Including that he's cheap. And this little fun fact, he popped the question to her when they first got engaged. Sure. 
in a jewelry store in a New Jersey mall to win a free engagement ring. No. Yeah, he's... Anyway, also, that he's a cheater, which, obviously... And well, at least he wanted to get her a real diamond and not, like, the fake diamonds and the cufflinks. Yeah. I mean, um, you're still not going to pay for it, but that's a little classier. At least it's real. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of her friends are like, he's also just gotten increasingly crazy um, in the political arena. However, it's also worth noting that in February of 2018, so the, mar- the, the month before she filed, there was an incident where, like, some asshole in Boston mailed a letter with, white, like, harmless white powder, but you don't know that, right. to Donald Trump Jr.'s home, and Vanessa opened it oh, and got man. just white powder all over her person. Sure. So she was, she went to the hospital to make sure she was like, it just it's scary terrifying. shit. Yeah. And I think if you're like, okay, so um, my fuckhead husband is a cheater. I have five children. This is very dangerous. And I've got a lot of money. No, I think I'm maybe, mm-hmm. yeah, good for her. I think maybe you walk. So she walked. They nego- like their judge patted both of them on the back for how they handled the divorce. They negotiated everything. Seems like it went pretty well. They're social media friendly, like Vanessa sent him a happy birthday tweet on his birthday. Don Jr. is dating a former Fox person and the ex-wife of the California governor, Gavin Newsom, named Kimberly Guilfoyle. I think we'll have more on her later. He may come back in a future episode. Yeah, and uh, these two, man, this family is just disgusting. So it seems like at least he's at least doing better than I mean, dad in. I think, you know, some of the reporting I read, like, he's very aware that his kids will read headlines. Sure. I guess his son is nine now. Yeah, that's tough. And he knows what it feels like to, like, he knows what it feels like to read your parents' divorce in the tabloids. So they didn't, but obviously. Okay, so some lessons learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some lessons learned. Yeah, I think there's an old Egyptian curse that says, um, may you live in trashy times. And we do. God, we do. And it, this family is a big reason why we're living in trashy times. And so, like, Donnie Jr. does not get five trash cans. Like, he's just, he gets, like, he's, two. Yeah, okay. He's, like, That's two fair. trash cans. But, God, like, what a poverty it is. To have to live your life in the shadow of just the heaving trash pile that is his father. It's true. That is the truly sad part. It's. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like his dad gets 10 trash cans and no one else can have any. <laughs> They're all mine. Like, no one else could be that trashy. He's about possession. He wants all the trash cans. Yeah. Guess what, Papa? Papa Don, you get them. Oh, he's so gross. They're all yours. So gross. And he's broken so many people. And Baby Don, I maybe you grew up like him. Maybe you didn't. Let me say one quick, really positive thing, though, about Eric Trump. Yeah, yeah. There was this event, I don't know, some incident like a year, two years ago, where, yeah, Eric Trump is walking on the sidewalk in New York City, sees a woman collapse, sees an ambulance on the street nearby, and he, yeah. like... Immediately runs out in traffic to Aww. hail the ambulance, which comes and gets like, eh. He might be the best one. I, I don't know. I don't know. But That's I got like these people are trash bags. And um, I, you know, I didn't I also didn't find much redeeming in 
in writing my story. So I have a serious question mm-hmm. for you that has an alien brain about researching stuff. Okay. How, how, how much is your brain just exploded over the trash bags that you've read in this up? So I actually read some of my favorite journalists like oh, good. Julia Yaffe, which yeah. there's a YouTube bot that teaches you how to pronounce her name, which is upsetting. And Emily Jane Fox. Emily Jane Fox. Yeah. So, I mean, the the reporting was strong. <laughs> yeah, this story hurt my brain. We're coming back next week with something a little bit more fun. Yeah, and we actually completely understand if you don't make it through this episode. Like, If you're still with us here, we thank, we, you. We, thank you. We appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks for sticking with us. We had a hard time sticking with it, too. Yeah, dumpster fires. Oof. Oh, my God, dumpster fires. But we start out strong. <laughs> season one. Season two. Season two premiere, just like season one premiere. Dumpster fires. We know. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll go back to the female empowerment. We'll find some less loathsome, super cool, yeah, stories to feature next week and the weeks after. Yup. No, nah, we can't end it on a down. And that's your trash pile wrap up. It's all so bad. Man, keep it trashy. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production, created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia, by us. Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at carbonmade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram. And definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at trashydivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at trashydivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at patreon.com slash trashydivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there and thanks again everybody for listening. Keep it trashy y'all.